everyone, and welcome to our next episode of Talk Concord, a City of Concord, New Hampshire podcast. This monthly podcast brings you information about current and future happenings centered on why Concord is a great place to live, work, play, and invest. I'm Stephanie Breton, Public Information Officer, and today I'm joined by City Planner Heather Shank. So thank you very much for being here today. Thank you for having today. me. And I know you have a lot of information and some updates to share with us. So today we'll be focusing our discussion around the uh, City of Concord zoning revision, also known as Concord Next, which I know has been taking up a lot of your life. <laughs> so could you start by talking about Concord's current zoning and why we're going through this process of overhauling it? Sure. Well, the motivation to update the code came from several factors. Uh, the initial impetus, I believe, came from a desire to update the regulations to be more consistent with the development climate of today. The original code was written 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and today we have newer development models, we have new uses, we have new housing types. Um, so in, it was initially, and, and it still is, about being more development friendly and encouraging redevelopment, both in those areas such as the Opportunity Corridor Performance District, which mm -hmm. is uh, you know down by Store Street, mm -hmm. um, where there's a lot of underutilized space uh, along along our commercial corridors and also in residential neighborhoods. Um, we also noticed that the dimensional standards for most of the residential neighborhoods in the city are dramatically out of sync with the form and character of most of those neighborhoods. Um, so creating dimensional standards that better coincide with the housing that exists um, can hopefully allow more of that same housing uh, to occur more easily and reduce the need for variances for projects that, that make sense but might not be permitted based on what the standards are. So in many cases, if you actually tried to create a neighborhood that complied with the dimensional standards, it would look dramatically different and, and probably wouldn't look like what you wanted. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, sh I demonstrated that a few years ago, showing what a neighborhood would look like if it complied with the um, setbacks, the lot frontage and the lot area standards. Um, and everyone was a little bit, you know, horrified, like, wow, that's one of our favorite blocks. We wouldn't want it to look like that. So mm -hmm. right-sizing the dimensional standards for the districts, um, allowing more of the type of development that we do have and that we do want to occur. Um, so part of that uh, is about increasing housing options, mm -hmm. uh, making it easier for residential property owners to do things like add uh, accessory dwelling units uh, and additional units in their buildings. Um, and this is even uh, in where, where there has traditionally been single family neighborhoods. Um, so th with the exception of areas outside um, the urban growth boundary, which is, you know, more of our conservation easement land. So the, the goal is not to, you know, really impact or change any of those areas, but some of the closer in neighborhoods where people might want to have, you know, a mother-in-law flat or provide an extra unit in their house for a child or you know, a parent. Mm -hmm. um, so making it easier to do that. Um, also about reducing parking requirements um, okay. while making them easier to meet because parking actually has a huge impact on how much housing you can have in an area when currently you're allowed, like two, you're required to have two spaces per unit, no matter what type of unit it is, mm -hmm. um, which in many cases for large multifamily projects doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, so reducing the the requirements for different types of development, um, and also allowing different innovations for parking, which would make it easier to meet those requirements. Um, <clears throat> so, 
So a lot of, uh, also, I'm sorry, reducing requirements mm -hmm. for multifamily residential buildings. So our current code has uh, a lot of um, kind of challenging uh, requirements for multifamily housing that are very appropriate for large apartment complexes. Mm -hmm. But when you apply them to like downtown residential neighborhoods, they can really be obstacles to people creating multifamily development. You know, I'm talking about the closer, more dense urban neighborhoods mm -hmm. or like going, for instance, from a duplex to a, a triplex. Suddenly there's all these new requirements that wouldn't necessarily be appropriate or, or needed for your neighborhood, which is really isn't changing that much. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're going to keep those requirements for those larger apartment complexes, but we've eliminated them for some of the downtown neighborhoods, such as, for instance, having a 25-foot landscape buffer. All of a sudden, you go from two units to three, and now you need a variance because you're required to have 25 feet of landscaping between, you know, you and the house next door. So, mm -hmm. so things like that have really... Um, Dis discouraged people from doing additional development in some of those neighborhoods where even it is currently allowed. Mm -hmm. uh, so finally, one of the goals was to make the development process itself easier. Um, so making the code more accessible, I hope it ends up being in the end with mm -hmm. more graphics, um, easier to understand, more clear, uh, and also changing the thresholds for what ends up being required to have an intensive review versus things that could be approved with simply a staff review. Um, right now we have, I, I feel, pretty aggressive high standards for what we put through the planning board process. And so um, mm -hmm. part of that is is kind of to re, you know, recheck where those thresholds are and really bring the things that are going to have a big impact bef before the planning board. Mm -hmm. And those are essentially the goals of the whole overall project okay. when we started. That's good. Yeah, that's a good I know, explanation. It's a lot. Yeah, it is that a lot. That was a quick well, summary. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I mean, this is a big project and it's been going on for a couple of years. Yeah, so to yeah. to just do a, a quick summary is yeah. very difficult. Yeah. So I know I crammed um, a lot in there. <laughs> no, that was great. So I and I think you know obviously this topic is very um it, it's a hot topic right now. Housing. We're talking you know lack of housing. We have housing developments coming in. So I think it's it's very timely to kind of explain that this process is moving along, right. which kind of takes me to my next question, which is, um, can you explain the first phase of the project and kind of where you are leading up to this next step? Sure. And I'm going to give just a little bit more background okay. um, on this process. Um, so the first phase, when we first scoped the project, it was intended to look at those at those districts um, that we knew, you know, this is what we, it looks like, this is what we want it to look like. We just want to make it easier for people to do this, mm -hmm. um, which is basically the downtown residential neighborhoods, the downtown mixed use districts, all those types of things. So we were like, you know, it'd be really easy to create the form-based code for those districts. Let's just draft that first. Mm -hmm. And, and also, oh, by the way, we want to create a skeleton for the future districts mm -hmm. and revise our administrative process. So, and then phase two was intended to look at those areas that, um, where we didn't really have a vision or where new development patterns were needed, mm -hmm. um, like a lot of our commercial corridors, which are ripe for redevelopment. You know, mm -hmm. how can we encourage uh, different types of development in those areas that are better matched with like modern trends in development, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was sort of the original plan. And our consultant looked at this and he said, yeah, you've got it completely switched. So... They took it upon themselves, and they really did 
a phenomenal job. I, I like to say we're getting like a $500,000 code and in Mm $200,000 because they really looked at the whole thing and they, and they gave us the whole thing. They looked at the whole city and they said, this is your structure. These are your districts. Here's your administrative process. You know, here's some of the changes. There's a lot that we did not change in there. So it was really just a matter of copying and pasting it over. Mm -hmm. Um, But so phase one ended up being really just an overhaul of, of the whole structure of the code and the administrative process um, as w- in a, the other big part of it, which in, in the initial phases took a long time was really looking at those dimensional standards and mm-hmm. coming up with new models for how to um, do things like allocate property rights and units and setbacks. You know, so there was a lot of research that went in on the front end into like, what are the right dimensional standards for these districts? A lot of analysis went into that. Um, and then after that occurred, really the last couple of years have really just been working through the legal issues that were raised or the, the issues that were raised during the legal review of the code. So it hasn't changed much, honestly, in the past mm-hmm. two years, but it's really just been working through all those details to make it work. So we are at the tail end of that. And I am with bated breath waiting for it to <laughs> become public. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, any moment now I'm checking my email every day. (laughs) Are they done looking at that? Yeah. Um, You know, I I only gave it to legal about, I don't know, two weeks ago or something, but before that, and they've been super quick about it, but before that, um, you know, just the process of addressing the issues. So a lot of that has taken a lot of time. Um, but that is, it's so close. And as soon as that becomes available, I'll start doing public meetings and do more promoting of phase one. Um, so phase two, Am I, am I jumping ahead? Oh, no, that's okay. Yeah, so that was that's kind of where we're at now, right? And then yes. um, you're getting to you're getting ready to move into to phase two. Yeah, so, so, so what phase, does that look like? So phase two is going to end up being what we initially thought phase one was going to be, which was a super quick, like, you know, we're just drafting some codes. So, so phase mm-hmm. two, when we actually got the whole thing done, like the districts that we weren't planning on really changing much, um, the districts that we were sort of resizing and the whole structure and the administrative process, um, all that was left were just some districts that really don't have a lot of visioning in our master plan for those re- targeted redevelopment areas. So phase two is about visioning for okay. those targeted redevelopment areas. So looking at the mall, looking at Loudon Road, looking at some of our high density residential districts, um, looking at some under, like we have a district right now called uh, OFP, the mm-hmm. Office Park Performance you may have noticed there's not a lot of office parks going up anymore right. in this decade. Right. <laughs> so that district mm-hmm. is in some ways somewhat useless. So mm-hmm. repurposing that district, um, maybe looking at some new, uh, you know, industrial warehouse, residential, mixed use type districts. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, so, so looking at visioning for those districts that are, could use, could use it basically and okay. the areas that need it. So, um, uh, the process for phase two is really what they did was they identified, we, we me and the consultants identified some sample sites along Fisherville and Ra- Loudon Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, next week we're having some visioning sessions uh, with the community. We're having three visioning sessions and we'll be looking at those districts along Loudon Road, along Fisherville Road, uh, the mall, uh, up on Whitney Road where there's a lot of development happening in some industrial districts, like what is really appropriate now for those areas. Yep. Um, and so they'll be showing some development models to the community and saying, you know, do you do you like this? Do you like this? Is this what you think is appropriate for these areas? Okay. Um, and then the next step will be taking those sample sites that we picked and sort of conceptually showing what that would look like if we had if we if we created these things that you like. What mm-hmm. would it look like on these sample sites? And these are just randomly. I don't want to say randomly, but they're not 
plans for those properties. They're not neighborhood master plans. They're just areas that we saw as relevant because of their location mm-hmm. um, to show the community, hey, if you actually created this new type of development here, this is what it would look like. And assuming people can extrapolate that to like the Loudon Road Corridor or the Fisherville Road Corridor. Um, so then phase three is really presenting these concepts and drafting a code and showing people, well, not drafting the code yet, but going back to the community and saying, hey, this is what that would look like on this site, what you liked. Um, and then the final is drafting the code. So it's really a very okay. short process. Um, April through June, I think, is phase three. And then July through October is intended to be the actual drafting and review and revision of the code. So okay. not looking at another five years, mm-hmm. but really looking to, throughout that time, be presenting phase one and answering questions about it, doing revisions on phase one, while the consultants do phase two. Okay. And then hopefully by the end of the year, putting them both together and getting close to adoption at that point. Um, so that's kind of how the pieces fit together. Okay. So, yeah, so there's uh, some really good um opportunities for the community to be involved coming up again because I know I know you did have public meetings already um in some of the early phase and then there's been kind of a break but now we're getting to the phase again where there's some public participation so um excuse me can you remind people how they can participate in the process um and also, if they're interested in kind of going back and looking at some of that past information. Yeah, definitely. So there is a project website. Um, it's, okay. called, it's called www.conquerednext.info. Okay. Um, that's, that has all the past um, studies uh, that the consultants have done and documents that they've created. It, it has a really old version of phase one, which is completely, I don't say completely obsolete, but there's been dramatic changes since then. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so the the opportunities for public participation. So the next week we are having three of these sessions for. And this I really want people to participate in these. Come out and they're they're online. They're Zoom Zoom webinars. So hopefully easy for people to access. Um, there's one on March twenty Tuesday March 29th okay. from twelve to one thirty, which is geared towards the development community, like you know engineers, consultants, that type of thing. Um, that evening there's one from seven to eight thirty. And that's targeted towards the Fisherville Road community. Okay. And then that Thursday, the 31st, there's another one, 7 to 8.30, which is targeted towards the Loudoun Road uh, neighborhoods around that area. Okay. So those are, the, those are the, the biggest opportunities for people to understand what we're doing right now and give their feedback. Um, so I'm hoping, I, we're planning um, during those webinars to have some kind of live polls going on. So you can actually participate during the webinar. Okay. Um, there also should be some links to some other documents like interactive surveys type thing that you can do online. Um, these will be recorded and okay. posted on the project website so people can watch them later and continue to, I mean, we encourage people to write us emails or fill out the online forms that will be available um, and participate in that way. So there's okay. the opportunity to participate live, and then there's also the opportunity to continue to access those materials and provide your feedback. Okay. Um, so each phase, when they come back with the um, concepts on the sites, there will be another series of webinars then, um, okay. and then step three. So each step, each there's four steps, there'll be a series of webinars for people to participate. Um, one of the later ones, we haven't scoped it out yet, but may actually be live when the consultants come into town, we may actually okay. do some live sessions as well. Okay. Um, so really through the website, 
um, participating in the webinars when they occur. But people can really just anytime send me questions or feedback or comments. I mean, this is the year for the intensive review and participation for, for all of it once the phase one as well becomes available. Okay. Yeah. And I will remind people too, in case you don't remember that website, that you can get to the website through the planning website as well, yes. which is on the city yeah. uh, website. So just, I know you can get through there. Yeah. So we may have easy. them available on our planning page as well. We haven't necessarily okay. worked out all those details, but there'll definitely be a link to the project website. Um, and they can also just reach out to me if they have questions. Okay. Yeah. So that's good to know. So uh, we'll be putting out some more information about those presentations to remind people that they're coming. So people can actually attend both one or both or all three, I guess, if yes. they hadn't the interest oh, yeah. because it will be a little bit different. Yeah. Slightly each different. of them will be a little bit different. The topics that we're covering will be similar um, districts, mm -hmm. but you know, the, the general commercial on Loudon road may look different from the general commercial on um, Fisherville road, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, what kind of community feedback we get or what seems appropriate. I, I'd also just want to mention that when phase one does become public, there'll be a whole additional series of, of sessions for people to look at and comment on that. So they're kind of running concurrently, but there okay. will be separate meetings set up for that for phase one. Okay. That sounds good. And I think, yeah, my next question was kind of what are the next steps? I think you kind of answered that already mm -hmm. because there will be more information coming up. Um, this is going to be kind of an intense year for the project sounds like I think so we'll really so. be going full steam which is great um I know it's you know been kind of behind kind of behind the scenes for a little bit so right. it's kind of coming back into the public eye getting that feedback so we want to let people know that they'll have those opportunities yeah now's the time it's like the crash course race to the end right <laughs> I don't right. want to say race but I'm imagining my hair is gonna be at standing at end by the end of this year yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot um I think that was kind of the bulk of my questions about this, but are there other things you would like to share with the community at all about this? I, I just um. want to emphasize that what makes these processes successful is the participation of the community, mm -hmm. you know, the residential community, the commercial community, and the development community. Um, so I'm really hoping that people are able to attend these. I, I know it's a little bit short notice we, to get to getting the word out, but it really we really do want as much participation um, and um, awareness mm -hmm. uh, and exposure on what is going on because there's some pretty big changes. Mm -hmm. And my goal is for people to understand them and to, you know, provide their feedback where needed um, and provide their support. So when we get to council, right. you know, come out <laughs> yes. and say, I know all about this. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's approve there it. There we go. Yeah. And yeah, I, I will remind people too, there is a lot of information on that project website. So if, yep. you know, if, say you just moved to the city and you're just listening to this for the first time, you're saying, what is that? You can really look back and, and get more information. So I think that was it for today. That was yeah. a lot of information though. I, and was. I think that was a great <laughs> overview of kind of what's uh, where we are to date and where we're going. Yes. Um, so definitely for the community, you know, kind of keep your eyes open for more information coming as we kind of move into the spring and um, summer months. So. For sure. Thanks for the opportunity to, to share it. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And uh, we'll definitely be putting out some more information through all of our city channels. I'll just remind everyone there's many ways to stay in touch with us. Our podcast is on SoundCloud and iTunes. We have uh, notify me alerts at ConcordNH.gov. 
We have a city blog at cityofconcordnhblog.com. And then some great places to find information like this is uh, to follow the city on social media, so Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then many other departments are using those channels as well. So that's the best place to keep in touch with everything that's happening. So that concludes this month's episode, and we will talk to you all next month during another episode of Talk Concord. Thanks again, Heather. Thank you. Thank you.